going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk the latest in the NBA, sprinkling in some mild to spicy takes here and there. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, November 22nd. It's Thanksgiving week, and I'm joined today by my friend Ryan Stanley. Ryan, how you living, man? I'm great, man. About to throw some chicken breasts on the smoker. Shout out to everyone who uh, like makes chicken a couple days before Thanksgiving to test it out. Make sure you know the the bird cooking. Make sure you have that down pat. Testing out your recipe. Oh yeah. What's your? Are you a, are you a fry fry the turkey kind of guy? Or are you uh, traditional are, in the oven? You already know I smoke the turkey. Oh it's, yeah, you're it's a gonna, smoker guy. <laughs> it's gonna go in the uh, the brine bucket here tomorrow, and uh, I'm gonna season it up, throw it on the smoker. Got some nice little wood pellets. It's gonna be delicious. Mm, might have to, might have to swing by, <laughs> swing by the the casa on Thanksgiving Day. I'm sure my family won't mind. So, Ryan, in honor of Thanksgiving this week, uh, we've been talking, and we want to do something a little special. So in place of our normal discussion, today we're going to talk, or each talk about three current NBA things that we are thankful for. So, for example, if either, of our te- either one of our teams were performing well, <laughs> we could say, I could say, I'm thankful for the extremely hot, unstoppable in the clutch performance of my beloved Chicago Bulls, and we can discuss it for a few minutes. Now that's not... That's obviously not going to be one of mine because it's say, simply a false statement. <laughs> I don't know if I but, can discuss that very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I do want to mention, though, that the Bulls did snap the Celtics' nine-game win streak last night. 121-107. Let's go, Bulls. See Come red, on. baby. But I digress. So three <laughs> NBA things, current NBA things that we are thankful for today. So, Ryan, let's go ahead and jump in. I'll let you start. What is the first NBA thing that you're thankful for? The first thing that I'm thankful for, I'm actually going in reverse order, so I'm going to build up to my number one thing. But the first thing is going to be, uh, you know what, I was I was thinking today about what my favorite things about the league are right now, and number one, if I'm being honest, is that, like, dude, the games are just, like, they feel so much more consequential now than they have in years past. Like, I'm, I'm thankful for the parody of the league, the P-A-R-I-T-Y of it. Where, you know, we, we had, we're a few years removed now from the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavs, like, playing in the finals every year era. But, like, now we're, like, really past it. Like, I mean, now, I mean, if anyone had, like, a confident, like, this team is going to win the finals this year, I would, I would say they're probably crazy. Like, it's just so much fun. There's so many teams that are, that are fun to watch. Uh, everything just feels up for grabs, and when everything's up for grabs, man, the stakes feel really high, you know, trades, free agent moves, like the whole, like all the ships get lifted with that. Yeah, I agree, and I think recently, within, you know, the last, I think this is the third season maybe that they've been doing the play-in tournament, I think that has added so much of that competitiveness back into the game, because, and a lot of players aren't really fans of it, because, you know, you you have the LeBrons who have talked just talked a lot about how he doesn't like the play in tournament because he you know you work really hard to get the eight seed and the seventh seed and then you have to fight you have to win another game. But my thoughts are it's one more game. If you're in the seventh seed, you have to win one more game. So and you look at all the other sports like for, like specifically football for example, every playoff 
turnout is decided by one game. And I don't see why that can't be the same for basketball. So I think the play in the whole th- play in thing has really upped the stakes for a lot of teams that would probably be on the tanking route, if not for the chance to make the playoffs. You think about, and, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but the Sacramento Kings, who they may not, they may, they may not ever have, not with, at least within the next couple of years, have real contention hopes, but they haven't been in the playoffs in 16 years, and now they have an even greater chance of making it. And so that makes things more exciting across the board, I think. Yeah. So I agree. I love the parody. And, I, and while I frequently revisit the 2016 finals, and I think those are my favorite finals of all time, um, not just because of the comeback, obviously, but just across the board, just great basketball. I do agree that, especially whenever Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, that was just a boring, just an utterly boring time in NBA basketball. You know, you had you had little moments here and there of, you know, like the Rockets almost beating the Warriors and whatnot. But overall, we knew what was happening. Um, yeah, the, I will say one thing though. I saw this just on Twitter, and I just feel like I need to work it into a podcast. So I will now. Um, <laughs> I, I saw something that said that the last time KD and LeBron played against each other in a basketball game was the 2018 Finals. That like every time their teams are supposed to play, one of them or both of them is out. And that's just so sad. So I do miss that. But other than that, I love this era we're in. Yeah, for sure. I actually was listening to one of KD's the et cetera's podcast. And he talked about that, how um, this, it was like, this was last weekend. So the Nets were about to play the Lakers, but obviously LeBron was already out and he was kind of sad about that because actually he said, it's funny. He said, I'm, I'm sad because the fans don't really get a show, but I'm also happy because I don't have to play LeBron James. So it was cool seeing <laughs> KD be pretty, uh, uh, pretty open about not having to play him and the, the ease that comes with that. So, um, that's awesome. So the first thing, first NBA thing I'm thankful for is comeback performances. And so specifically, I want to address two star players that didn't look great to start the season, but in the last few games have looked just awesome. And those are Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis, two players that we have talked about in the past two episodes, actually. Um, Sunday night against Houston, Clay dropped 41 points. He went 10 for 13 from three and 61% total field goal percentage he and Steph combined for 74 points it was just one of those vintage Warriors performances at least from the Splash Bros Um, the Warriors still have a lot of issues obviously to solve like their high volume of turnovers and then um, last night against the Pelicans actually Steph Clay and Draymond all sat out and so Jordan Poole 100 million dollar man led the Warriors reserves to an absolute beatdown. they lost 83 to 128 to New Orleans so their bench still needs some work, needless to say. But this vintage clay, uh, it's, it's hopeful for the rest of the season. Um, and then the other comeback performer I want to mention is Anthony Davis. The Lakers are currently on a three-game win streak. And in those games, Davis has put up score totals of 37, 38, and 30. 15-plus rebounds in each game, dominating defensively as well. He's playing like his old self again, you know, which should be the case every night because he's still young. He's still 29 and should theoretically be in the middle of his prime, but injuries have obviously slowed him down. But even he recently has said that he feels like he's moving much better again and returning to form. So that has been really fun to watch. 
No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I had no idea. First of all, I was reacting in real time over here to the uh, Pelicans Warriors score that you just read <laughs> out. Because I, I somehow just straight up missed that that happened. That's incredible. Um, you know, you love to see Clay doing well. Uh, my team just played the Warriors, so I uh, am basing all of my recent Warriors opinions off of that one game. But it seems like it seems like when Clay hits a couple shots, he just it's like he immediately just starts chucking up heat checks. And, uh, it's, you know, I feel like for a lot of games, even like the, in the, to start out the season, the first few Warriors games that I watched, those were not falling. Uh, but it's great to hear. I mean, it, it definitely looks like, you know, I think Steve Kerr said it the other day that, um, or I heard some, some stat on some podcast. I wish I could give you the right attribution here that, uh, his shot is like front rimming more than any other mm-hmm. shooter in the NBA. Uh, basically, like he just misses, just like he just doesn't have quite enough power on on his shots, um, and you know that that tells you that like if everything's in line, like that'll start falling. And that just gives me hope, man. I love Clay. I'd love to see that shot start falling more consistently. But you know, it's good. It's good when people have these kind of bursts like this. All right, Ryan. What's your second thing? Number two, uh, dude. I just I like. I'm really thankful for the next generation of basketball players that we have right now that are coming up. Uh, I think that the league is in good hands. I think we have good, uh, I mean, good, super skillful dudes, but good characters for the league. Uh, you know, I was thinking about just some of the, like the guys who are on their rookie deal or on like they're coming out of the rookie deal, maybe like first year of like their uh, you know second contract, like. Yeah, we have Luca and Trey. You know, we talked about SGA a lot last podcast. Uh, but like Darius Garland's fun. Evan Mobley's fun. They're going to be together for at least three more years. You know, uh, Paolo is just already like taking the league by storm. Jaws, super fun. Um, it'll be exciting. Even like talking about Jordan Poole, it'll be fun to see what Jordan Poole becomes in the next few years. I mean, there's a lot of great young players right now. I'm just thinking about like, you know, all these guys are super young. Right now we're seeing players like, play into you know the 15 to 20 year range so a lot of these guys could be in our lives for the next decade plus still and that means we have like a lot of great like memories that like a lot of great games a lot of good playoff matchups finals uh with these guys you know throw in even more guys like you know Cade and Jaden Ivey be fun to see what like the Pistons become and uh you know even my mind naturally wanders like what's like what's the pairing gonna look like one day like are, are Trey and Luca going to team up when they're like in their 16th year or something like that? You know? So I, I don't know, man. I think the league's in great hands. It's crazy to think about. And I don't know when you started to really like pay attention to basketball, but for me it was around like 2005, 2006. So like Kobe was huge. Kobe was like my first favorite player. And then Steve Nash too. Um, Cause that, that was like, I'm pretty sure it was his MVP years that I really started to not necessarily watch, a lot, but at least pay attention. Um, and I had like all the, I had the, not NBA 2K, but it was like the NBA baller street edition, <laughs> like for my PlayStation portable. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy to think about, you know, I wasn't really young enough to really understand the game then. And we, and a lot of those players, like that was a young LeBron, you know, an older Kobe, uh, the D Wade's, the Carmelo's now looking back, you know, I've been able to somewhat be a part of like witness their entire careers play out but now being where I'm at where where we're at getting to see these young guys who are generational Luca and Ja like you mentioned to think okay they're going to be in the league for another 15 years at least 
and we get to watch all of that happen um, and just imagining how different it's going to be, you know, the, how different the the GOAT conversations are going to be, the, the top 10 conversations are going to be, you know, 15 years from now is, is just fun to watch. I, I feel like I'm finally kind of – I've not become an old head in basketball because I'm still very young and have a lot of uh, biased young person takes, but – I still I have that appreciation to to just kind of see the game evolve and um, you know see how how legacies are affected and whatnot. So I agree, a lot of fun players that we have. Speaking of fun players, the second NBA thing I'm thankful for is obscure players leading statistical categories. So oh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, without looking <laughs> it up, can you name me any of the top five leaders in three point percentage this season? Oh, top five. I'll be uh, I'll be impressed if you give me one. Kevin Herter's got to be one. He's not. He's in the top ten though. <laughs> he's in the top. Oh 10. my gosh. Um, Which tells you a lot because he scored. He's like forty nine percent from three. Good lord, that. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'll um, give you one. Just give one more guess. Just just throw throw a name no, out there. No, I'm gonna say we're gonna do this for hours. I'm gonna do all okay. five. Um, <laughs> all right, is a friend of the program Dean Wade one of them? Dude, Dean Wade is tied for fourth. Oh my gosh! In, in three point percentage. <laughs> What's his percentage? His he is at a perfect fifty. Fifty oh, point. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. The other um, ones, the other ones are Damian Lee. He's he's the one that's tied for fifty. Mm. Contavious Caldwell Pope. That's a that's a pretty reasonable one. You know, yeah. he's he's always been a pretty good three point shooter. Josh Green from the Mavericks. He's <laughs> been he's been having some random really good games. And then the number one three-point shooter, percentage-wise, is the Brooklyn Nets, Utah Watanabe, fifty-seven point one percent. I saw that today, and I, or yesterday, and I was like, "That this can't be real." And then the list. Let me just pull up the the three-point percentage leaders list because it's <laughs> there's no there's no dames there's no Stephs. Steph is like, I think fifteen, um, but you have all of those <clears throat> players I just named. Then you have. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, he's also tied for for fifth. You Dude, have people like I talk said, about Dean the Jazz a lot, but Kelly Olynyk is having a season right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Herter, uh, Brandon Ingram's up there. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, Sam Hauser from the Boston Celtics. <laughs> oh yeah, he's one of those. If you if we played a who he played for, I couldn't tell you. Luke Kennard, Grant Williams, Jeremy Grant, Bones Highland, Desmond Bain, and then you get to Steph. So that's insane, oh, yeah. just these <laughs> super obscure players just leading these <laughs> categories. Um, oh. Obviously at lesser volumes, but you know, they, yeah. they're all they're all contributing to their teams <laughs> with this elite shooting. So I love that. I love I, I love mean, getting to see Yuta Watanabe on my Instagram with a with a fifty seven point one percent text <laughs> over him. <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, for anyone anyone at home listening who who might not know how these kind of things happen, you're wondering where Steph is, or I mean, we got to him eventually, but you know where Damian Lillard is, or someone like that. Uh, the reason why these guys are so high is because specifically they're not those guys. Uh, those guys get defended, and these guys do not. <laughs> you know, when you're playing the uh, Brooklyn Nets, you're not like all right. You know what we gotta do? We gotta stick Lou Dort on Yuta Watanabe tonight. <laughs> hey man, shooting and making open threes is is a is a real skill because I'll tell you, um, last night my my church basketball league played our first game, 
and we, we got the dub. But uh, I, I I missed two wide open threes, and those are my two of my three shots of the game. And so <laughs> um, it, 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 it takes a lot a lot of skill. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Man, not making you the proud. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, what's your second or your third thing? Uh, my final thing, man. The Your number one thing. thing I'm thankful for this season. Uh, Chris, or, I almost called you Chris. Chris, can you tell me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hope you leave that in. Um, oh, I am. Keith, can you tell me? You remember when I did my top 16 players that are all top five perimeter defenders in the NBA? Yes. Can you tell me what Chris Duhon, Raymond Felton, Tony Douglas... Raymond Felton a second time for some reason. Pablo Prigioni, Shane Larkin, both of our team's legend, oh, Jose Calderon, both of our team's other legend, Derek Rose, got traded for each other. Uh, Ramon Sessions, uh, Trey Burke, Alonzo Trier, and who could forget the worst player in NBA history, Alfred Payton. Do you know what they all have in common? <laughs> um, is it like, like steals per game or something? No. No. Okay. Would you consider any of those good players? I mean, D Rose was was a good player. Well, yeah, obviously Derrick Rose, but <laughs> um, we're talking Pablo, 2015, Pablo, 16. <laughs> Pablo Prigioni. <laughs> he, was, he was decent. <laughs> Those were the opening night starting point guards for the New York Knicks since I've been a fan. <laughs> the number one thing I'm thankful for is a man who's shooting. Tw- he, he's scoring 21 points a game, seven assists, and he's shooting 49 percent from the field. And that is, for the first time in my life, I have a real point guard on my team. Do you know how depressing it is to have those guys, just that rotating? I mean, some of those, like Jose Calderon, like, I'm not going to besmirch Derrick Rose. I love him too much. But Jose Calderon, I mean, Jeremy Grant, or Jerrion Grant, his brother, those guys played for your team. One of the four Grants. Yeah. Did you feel good with, when they were your point guard? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's how like my whole life's been. And so <laughs> and I was thinking about people who like I know listen to this pod. I was like, well, Zach has Russell Westbrook, then Chris Paul, and then uh, SGA. And well, those two overlapped. And Dennis Schroeder was in there, too, who, who would have been the best point guard on my list that I just read. Um, you know, it, the Hornets fans who make up most of the people who listen to this probably... I mean, they at least had prime Kimba followed immediately by LaMelo Ball. I think maybe there might have been a Terry Rozier year in there. But once again, probably the best point guard on this list. Um, I, I just love Jalen Brunson. It's just amazing having a competent player on the team. And uh, he's a leader. Knicks haven't had a leader since Carmelo left, like a real like guy in the locker room. Uh, last night, the, uh, the Knicks absolutely blew out the... Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, which I believe is because they, they as a team, listen to the podcast, um, <clears throat> and I inspired them. Uh, <laughs> and immediately after the game, somebody asked, you know, someone asked Jalen Brunson basically like what he said to RJ in between games. Apparently, they like hung out, had like a whole thing where he was trying to inspire some confidence in RJ because of the awful shooting slump he's had to start the year, and. Uh, they asked like what RJ did differently against the OKC Thunder last night, and Chaitlin Brunson, without hesitating, said, "Well, he finally put the ball in the basket, and that's the kind of leadership we need." Yeah, so Jalen Brunson is the number one. He's the number one thing I'm thankful for. That's a good. That's a good number one thing. You got to. You got to find the. You got to find the gold. You know, in every <laughs> in every mine, you got to find the gold. 
I think Jalen Brunson oh. has been has been some good gold for you guys this season. He is. We're exactly nine and nine. I think every time we've recorded a podcast, they've been five hundred. Like on the day <laughs> that we recorded it, they're just giving us content, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The last NBA thing that I am thankful for. This is a good one. It's a big one. It's the one, the only, beam team, baby. The mm, beam team. Come on. The Sacramento Kings. It's nine and six right now on a six-game winning streak. They got mm. the fifth best record in the West. We touched on them last week where you and I, thanks to Zach, learned about their famous purple beam that shot up from the arena <laughs> after every win. And now I feel like I see beam, beam memes everywhere since then. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a fun squad. De'Aaron Fox is averaging twenty five six and five, some of his best overall numbers, which is pretty ironic because I think after last season, another disappointing season for the Kings in general, a lot of people had kind of written Fox off, and now he's the leading scorer on a pretty pretty above average team, I would say. Um, Demontis Sabonis, he's averaging eighteen ten and six. Kevin Herter, we just talked about him. He's sneakily becoming like a mini Clay Thompson, sixteen points on about fifty percent three point percentage. All of their starting players are averaging double-digit points. They're just playing great team basketball. And for the first time in forever, the Kings have a team that's exciting to watch and root for. Even those DeMarcus Cousins teams, they were they were pretty good because of DeMarcus Cousins, but nobody really liked DeMarcus Cousins like that. He, he was kind of an unlikable guy because of his, you know, his attitude and whatnot. So that even then, it was not really fun to watch, even though he was putting up 50 points a game and, and whatnot. But... Um, now we have a team in Sacramento that is genuinely a fun team, an enjoyable team. People that people like these players, they're rooting for these underdogs. So here's to hoping this is the year they finally end that 16 year playoff drop, man. This is this this could be it for them. Nine and six right now, so it's looking good. And they've had some they've had some pretty good wins too. Not just you know against like rat teams. They they've had some good wins over the Nets and um, a couple other good teams. So I'm I'm thankful for the Beam team, Beam team baby. Dude. I'm telling you, it's like that TikTok says, the rats don't run this city. The beam team does. <laughs> Dude, how often do you see a trade that like just works out for everybody? Like last year, I remember seeing the Tyrese Halliburton trade and like I was like upset for like 20 minutes about it. Cause I was like, this is the most ridiculous trade I've ever seen. But you know what? The Pacers are going to be in good hands. He is balling over there. And the Kings are just fine somehow without him. And uh, I saw a Kevin Durant quote the other day that I think it was this morning. He said something like, uh, "When you think the great three-point shooters in the game right now, you have to think Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and uh, Kevin Herter." So <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I hope that beam's going up every night. Oh yeah, I hope that beam. That, that I hope they just go on so many runs that the beam just has to stay on. It's like in 2015 when the Panthers were really good and Krispy Kreme after every game they had four dollar dozens and basically it was they, they went on like I think they were like fifteen and oh and they they were four dollars every single day basically for Krispy Kreme. And so hopefully that's the same thing with the beam. Just just constant beam energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the Empire State building lights up for like Knicks or Yankees related things, except you're just removing the whole building and everything. It's just the lights. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna see. Also, this is a this is a complete side note, but I watched. I, I walked into my house. I'm currently living with my parents right now. I walked into the house the other night, and my dad, who isn't a basketball fan at all, doesn't like sports in general, 
was watching the Redeem Team documentary. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud. Like, because <laughs> that documentary is, is super good. But that made me think today when I, when I saw the mm-hmm. Beam Team meme, what if, <laughs> what if, you know, 15 years from now we get a documentary about this, about this Beam Team? DeMontis Sabonis, you know, at, at 40 years old is going to be talking about his glory days in Sacramento because, <laughs> you know, if, 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 if things go like they usually go in Sacramento, we'll have a, a little glimpse of, of goodness here and um, it might, might implode. <laughs> they might implode on themselves sooner rather than Dude, later. I don't but. Know. <laughs> We're already like a quarter of the way through the season. This just might be who they are now. Yeah. Beam team for life, baby. So, Ryan, for our closing segment today, I wanted to do something a little different. So we're going to do a draft, and Ryan doesn't know what we're doing here. But we are going to do a draft. But in honor of Thanksgiving, I wanted to steer away from basketball for these last few minutes. We want, we want the people to know that, that we're not just, just sports junkies. We also like other things. And one of those other things is food. So we're going to do a Thanksgiving food draft. So in this draft, we'll be selecting any items that you would find at a Thanksgiving meal. This can be food or beverage, okay? We have five rounds, five pick, five picks each. So, Ryan, I'm gonna let you have the first pick. I didn't prepare for this. I know that you didn't know about this, but I didn't. I didn't put a draft board together. So we're just gonna go off off the dome here. Oh my Thanksgiving goodness! Food draft. Am I like furiously typing a draft board right now? Absolutely, <laughs> I am. Um, okay, okay. Here we go. Uh, I think the first pick is is a lock. I mean, this is like having the first pick in the. Uh, 2018 draft and not taking Luca, um, <laughs> or taking Wendell Carter. Um, I'm gonna Come on now. <laughs> hey, hey he's, Kevin... he's a good piece. He's a good piece. We shouldn't have traded him away. <laughs> or taking Kevin Knox ahead of SGA. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna go with the clear, obvious, the best thing you want, the only thing you really want, the thing that if you loaded up half your plate with it, you'd truly be happy, and that's the mac and cheese. Oh my gosh, that is not where I thought you were going with this. <laughs> Mac and cheese for the first pick. Yeah, I okay. think everyone is in agreement with me. I mean, Mac and cheese, when I think Mac and cheese, like, you know that, like, when people do, like, the things where they'll, like, on TikTok, they'll, like, list a bunch of stuff and then have, like, a little video that kind of goes along with it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't curse. It's like the dude who's just going, like, woo! Yes. Like <laughs> When I think mac and cheese, I immediately think of the guy who's going, it's the goat. It's the The goat. goat. (laughs) I love those videos. Okay, mac and cheese with your number one pick. Okay, so you don't realize this, but you really did just pull the the Kings drafting Bagley instead of Luka move. (laughs) Because my number one pick is going to be easy. It's going to be turkey. Turkey's number one. You can't not get turkey. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese is 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 great. Mac and cheese wow. is like, I didn't trade technically get selected before Luca. That's like that's like selecting mac and cheese. So wow. I, I got to go turkey. And this is no, a that's like that's like picking like Michael Bennett. Like that's that's an <laughs> atrocious pick. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, the most iconic Thanksgiving food, literally. Okay, with my second pick. This is going to be controversial, but I'm going to go with, and I don't know what you guys call it, but I call it stuffing. Okay. I'm going to go with stuffing it. and slash dressing. If you call it dressing, then that's fine too. I'm going to go stuffing slash dressing. That is my favorite 
Thanksgiving side. I will take wow. just a plate of turkey and stuffing all day long. Yeah. Keith, how, out of the 364 other days of the year, how many days are you eating turkey and stuffing? <laughs> it depends on if, if I'm at like a, like a college campus like cafeteria, <laughs> they randomly have the Thanksgiving meals in like July. <laughs> you hang out on college campuses in July? <laughs> Listen. Yeah, as a as a 26 year old graduate, I'm, st- I'm still over. At my I mean, local I do. But campus. They pay me. Oh, that's true. So. <laughs> All right. Oh. What's your What's your back to back picks? Good lord. I'm just saying. Like you eat mac and cheese throughout the. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> well, I I felt pressured to take a meat, but I think I can wait because you already have turkey off the board. Um, Good. I'm. You know what? I'm doubling up. I'm going. I'm wrapping up all the good sides today. I'm taking mashed potatoes with my second mm. pick. Good pick. Good pick. Oh yeah. Slather mashed up some potatoes. butter on those puppies. Oh my goodness! It's oh, over. Yeah. It's oh, over. Yeah. I love when the mashed potatoes and the turkey have <clears throat> shared gravy, and then it just kind of becomes all this like this big mashed potato and turkey soup. It's amazing. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I should take gravy now just to curb <laughs> you from having that. Um, uh, ooh, there's a few different routes I can go here. Uh, I'm not a casserole guy. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. That's probably letting mm. you see too much of the old draft board. Um, but I feel like casserole limits my team. Um, I like to be able, I like to have guys who are switchable and can really play a lot of positions here. Um, so I'm going to. I got to go, like, this is going to be controversial, um, but I think the first thing people eat when they sit down is honestly the thing that they kind of want the most. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm I'm not going for the point guard who's going to chuck up the deep threes. I'm going with the guy who's going to get the ball to the open man. I'm going mm. rolls. Oh, yeah. sneaky good pick. Sneaky oh, yeah. Good. I didn't even think about rolls. Dang. This the secret to good food is lots of salt and lots of butter. I'm telling you, not that I'm like mm. any kind of expert, but that's my opinion. And so I'm thinking you got the you got the mashed potatoes and you got the rolls. You're getting two little bits of butter in there. It's gonna be good. Mm. That that that's that's solid. <clears throat> See, your second and third round have been pretty good, but mac and cheese at number one is just kind of kind of wild. I need you to know so, every single person listening to this agrees with me, but keep going. <laughs> okay, so my third pick is going to be, and this is this is a step for me because anyone who knows me knows that I don't like vegetables at all. Like, I literally hate vegetables. I'm, I'm a child. I don't eat vegetables ever, <laughs> except for some hearty green beans, baby. Oh, I'm going with some dang. green beans. I like when they have a little spice to them, too. Mm, so, mm. so good. Green beans back- for me. That really backs me into a corner vegetable-wise. That's a smart pick. <laughs> I'm leaving you with only cranberry sauce, and I hope that you take that. <laughs> well, it's not a vegetable, so... <laughs> well, they're all the same to me. So, for some reason, you let this fall to me, and now I'm going to have, like... This is like having Kobe and LeBron on the same team in, like, 2010. And I'm going to take Don't do him. it. Don't do it. No! <laughs> I got two yeah. meats, baby. The two main meats. <laughs> Good guess you're Lord. having chicken for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I have to eat the meat that people eat the rest of the year. 
All right, four and five. What you got? Oh my gosh. Uh, God, the vegetable thing's gonna mess me up. I'm going. I'm going crispy fried chicken at four. I have to <laughs> because I'm thinking if I don't take a chicken here, you're gonna take chicken. And then it's like one time in my fantasy football draft with my first three picks, I took Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Mark Andrews. And it was just like a bit for the rest of the year. I won that league that year, which is so crazy. And I didn't trade those guys. I just let like two of them ride the bench. But anyways, <laughs> it was like a bit for me. I was like, I have the tight yeah. ends. So if you had taken chicken, I was already thinking like, what am I doing after that? Like, what's it? Are we eating steak? Roast beef? <laughs> Hey, roast beef's not a not a bad option. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't fit the vibe. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, <clears throat> so I'm going crispy fried chicken right there. It, mm-hmm. I mean, fan favorite. Um, vegetable man, this is where we're struggling because green bean is easily the best vegetable. I'm gonna have to break. I have to break my rules. It's okay. I'm already. I'm already gonna win a seven game series. I'm fine with it. I have the best player. <laughs> Um, I have the best player in the deepest roster. It's like mm. <laughs> you got a bunch of three um, and D guys. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> um, all right, I gotta go sweet potato casserole here in my Ooh. fifth spot. I don't love it personally. <laughs> I don't even like sweet potatoes. Um. And I don't like the culture around sweet potatoes. Like, <laughs> it's not just that I don't like them. I don't like when other people like them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that there's marshmallows involved. Uh, just keep that away. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you it's, got? It's, a, it's for it's for the fans. You know, it's, mm-hmm. the, the fans like it. So you got oh, you yeah, got to satisfy the fans. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna it's, you're not gonna pick the Kristaps Porzingis and and anger the fans. You know. Who Rightfully so, apparently. <laughs> I, he just made that up. I don't know who that guy is. Um. <laughs> oh, man. So with my final pick of this Thanksgiving food draft, uh, honestly, I have a, I have a stacked, stacked team, honestly. This is, this is like 2014 Spurs, just, just elite <laughs> team basketball. Um, I am going to go. Oh, man. I was thinking about going a dessert route here, mm. but I don't think I'm going to do that. Because here's, here's what we do. We do oh, a what? one-off round for desserts after your last Okay, pick. there we go. There we go. Okay. So with my fifth pick, I'm going to go with, because we're from the South, a great beverage side is sweet tea, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> sweet tea. That- that was on my draft board, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I'm washing it down. <clears throat> Man. You could have some water. <laughs> That's fine. Enjoy the kidney stones. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Off the bench, we got our desserts. Mm. What you what you taking? <sighs> go a couple different routes here. Got to keep it themed. See the thing about the desserts is they're good all year. They're good all year round. I mean, unless you're, unless you eat something weird. Um, I gotta, I gotta keep it real. Keep it to my roots. Keep it to what's obviously the best pie of the Thanksgiving season. That's pecan pie. <laughs> okay, I thought you were gonna say 
because because for those of you who don't know, Ryan's a big key lime pie guy, and I was like, please don't bring that into this conversation. <laughs> no, I understand Pecan the vibes. <laughs> pecan pie. Not a fan. I'm not going to lie. Not a fan of pecan pie. But I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's a little, little, too, little too complicated for my taste. Well, for what my are you dessert. Taking a, a bag of airheads or something? <laughs> Just Halloween candy, leftover <laughs> Halloween candy. No, my dessert is going to be, and this is just a general thing. I'm not talking about my own, my personal, but my dessert is going to be grandma's cookies. <laughs> just, just some homemade cookies. <laughs> I'll take those all day. You say not your grandma? Just... Yeah, my grandma doesn't make cookies. <laughs> I'm oh, just okay. saying, like, I've been to many, I've been to many Thanksgiving, you know, my friends and whatnot that, you know, their grandma is like famous for cookies and so. I like those cookies. <laughs> All right. Cool. Oh, man. So, Ryan, you have mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, rolls, crispy fried chicken, and sweet potato casserole. And then off your bench, you got pecan pie. And then I have turkey, goat, stuffing, dressing, slash dressing, green beans, ham, sweet tea, and grandma's cookies off the bench. And that, my friends, is going to be it for our show today. Let us know who you think won our Thanksgiving food draft and if we left out any key pieces of Thanksgiving meal. Ryan, it's been a great time. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Deep2Pod and subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and we will catch you guys next time. 